Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. Good day to everybody and welcome to podcast episode nine. We're really starting to roll through these things at this point and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's been a really cool experience to obviously create this podcast and really be able to speak with some really incredible people and also get my message out there a little bit for you guys that to care to listen. Today, what I want to get into is the fundamental five. Okay, so these are the five things that I think you should focus on before you even bother with calorie counting. These are the five fundamentals that are going to serve you in any situation that you find yourself in. And what I used to call these was the basics. I used to say, oh, these are the basic things. And I think that makes it sound less important than it actually is. Because the reality of these things is that in terms of people that I see that are very successful with their nutrition approach, they have the body composition they want, they have the energy and the health and everything that they want. And they seem to do so pretty simply in, in terms of there's not a whole lot of thought that has to go behind it. There's not a whole lot of struggle. There's not a whole lot of, I would say, like limitations and lack and just having always to fight that battle between your food and your calories and weighing and measuring all the time and all this stuff. The people that I've seen that are really successful have almost like a pretty good governor built in where they've developed themselves some really awesome fundamentals. And those fun fundamentals carry you through. Okay, so for example, like I don't currently track, weigh, or measure my food, okay? I live by these five fundamentals. If I have a really finite goal and I want to really go after something that is way out of my comfort zone or something that I've never done before, if I want to get extra lean, if I've got something coming up, which is rarely for me, then I would go to a macro-based approach of counting calories and all these different things. I have the advantage that I know a lot about food because I'm whatever, trained as a registered dietitian. I've had to learn a lot about food over the last bunch of years. I've got whatever. I don't even know how many thousands working on 20,000 hours of education on this stuff now. So it definitely is a little bit easier for me to make decisions that are going to support the goals that I have and the body that I want and my energy levels, my health and all these things. But that doesn't mean that you need 20,000 hours of education to understand this, right? These fundamentals, like I said, they're basics, but they're literally the things that are going to drive the bus in terms of your ability to get results keep results, sustain results long-term, because the thing about weighing and measuring, food tracking, even just extreme dieting, is that it's limited in our ability to maintain it and sustain it. So even if you're the person who's on your food log every day, and you plan to do it for the long-term, number one, the plan for most people is not to log their food for the rest of their lives. Nobody 
really get super excited about the fact that, hey, like, I think I'm just going to weigh and measure everything that I eat for the rest of my life. I'm going to log it. It's going to be great. That doesn't really get said a lot, right? What everybody's trying to work toward is to have this understanding of their intake and have these fundamentals locked down so that you don't have to rely so much on macro tracking and calories and all these different things because you're able to manage them and moderate them naturally, right? Intuitively. And that's where these five fundamentals come in. Just to tell you a stupid little story, but I got the ideas for this one today that because I woke up the other day, my phone had changed to the newest operating system overnight or whatever, like it does. And all of a sudden, I was unable to access my camera and my microphone on any of my apps. So I couldn't use any of my social media apps. I couldn't use my WhatsApp to talk to people. Obviously, I could still text, but I couldn't do anything that was video or voice related. Again, I'm searching around Google. I'm going through the settings. I'm trying a million different things. And finally, 24 hours later, again, I'm Googling how I can fix this without just essentially deleting all the apps and getting rid of them and then bringing them back in. And I came across a thread that said, have you tried just powering your phone off and turning it back on? So sure enough, I power it off. I turn it back on. Everything works again. Good as new. Like nothing ever happened, right? I was just like, man, sometimes the things that have worked since the beginning of time, you hear people like, this has been it forever, right? Like when you were a kid and something didn't work, you just unplugged it and you plugged it back in and then it worked again, right? If you had a video game that didn't work well, you just powered it off and turned it back on or you sit on uh, on hold with your IT, with your company for three hours and then all of a sudden you finally get somebody on there and they say, have you tried turning the modem on and off yet? And you say no. And when you do it, everything works again. It's just so simple. It's so basic. And so I would call it, it's one of those maybe little fundamental things that for whatever reason, it we don't know why it works. We don't know why it fixes everything it fixes, but it just does. And there's specific things that we can do with our nutrition. The nice thing about nutrition is we do know why. We know why this stuff works. There's science behind it, but developing these five fundamentals are going to really be the game changer, I think, for you. And like I said, it's for anybody trying to take on a healthier lifestyle or who's planning on making dietary changes or anything like that, I really do feel that calorie counting is more high level. And it's also less sustainable, right? Because you're going to go out for a meal once in a while, you're going to go to a birthday party, you're going to go to a restaurant and not know what they cooked, you're going to just be too lazy some nights that you're not going to want to weigh and measure and log everything you're eating, right? Or maybe you go on vacation and you're gone for a week or two, right? And you're not bringing a food scale with you, right? So there's so many areas where you cannot always be 100% consistent with like food tracking and weighing and measuring, right? But you can always be 100% consistent with these fun with these five fundamentals if you want to be, right? And that's the best part about it is that these are tools that they're going to work for you no matter what. Doesn't matter if you're on vacation, doesn't matter if you're out for dinner, doesn't matter if you're at parties, doesn't it it doesn't matter. These are fundamental eating routine, these are fundamentally routine eating strategy type things that can just be done anywhere, right? That's what I wanted to get into you guys into with you guys today. <clears throat> so just to start with number one, all right, we got five. I'm going to go through each one individually here. And you know what else this does is this really falls into alignment. I don't know, if, for some of you guys who follow me closely, you've probably heard me say this, or you've seen it on my Instagram or anything. If you're newer to finding me, I'm always talking about minding your P's and Q's, okay? So your nutritional P's and Q's, what are those? So 
there's quite a few of them, but the main ones and the food related ones are protein and plants, right? Those are going to be your peas and quantity and quality. All right. And the beauty of minding your P's and Q's is that if you're minding the P's, if you're paying attention to your protein intake and you're, and you're prioritizing your plant intake, you're really going to naturally take care of the Q's, which is quantity and quality. Because obviously, if we have a lot of protein and plants in our diet, our quality is pretty solid. And then at that point, we just have to be able to manage the quantities. And that comes down more to avoiding some of the obvious. It's like, it's all good to have the protein and plants, but if you've got whatever, lots of fried foods, or you're doing lots of desserts and highly processed snacks and sugar and fat, I guess, focused, yeah, processed foods and things like that then obviously your quality is going to suffer, but also your quantity when it comes to like calorically, right? Like calorically, you are going to end up consuming more calories than you want to or than you need to. Okay, so we always want to mind those P's and Q's and they line up with these five fundamentals. All right. So the fu fundamental number one being protein intake, right? The thing to know about protein intake and what I think a lot of people are confused about is what actually a good quality protein is. So when I talk about protein intake, I'm really talking about lean proteins. Okay. So we want lean proteins, probably 90% protein or higher with a high bioavailability. And what is, what is a high bioavailability means? It just means that it's probably an animal-based protein. It's got, it's a complete protein source that is packed with all of the amino acids that you need to, for your body to utilize properly, which makes up a complete protein or a high bioavailable protein. So it's not anything you really need to concern yourself about. It's just like if you're eating more like animal-based proteins, lots of chicken, beef, turkey, even pork in there, lots of fish. You could do some dairy. Eggs is a good one. These are an even whey and plant-based protein powders. These are all complete proteins with a good bioavailability. Okay. The thing we want to focus in on protein is that lean protein option. Okay. Because Basically what happens is people are thinking like, oh, I'm going to increase my protein. I'll eat more bacon. I'll eat more sausage. I'll eat more peanut butter and nuts and stuff like that. And these aren't, these aren't high protein foods. Okay. These have a mixture of protein and fat and some carbohydrates if you're doing nuts and things like that. Okay. So essentially what we want to do is we want to aim for the leanest proteins possible. Okay, so what are your leanest proteins going to be? Those are going to be things like white meat, chicken, turkey. We can go with lean beef. So I like to buy a lot of ground meats that are like a 96.4, meaning 96% of that, the calories in there are coming from protein and only 4% coming from fat. Like I said, when I'm buying ground meats, I try to do... 90-10 or better, right? So 93-7, 96-4. If I'm buying ground turkey and chicken, I'm always trying to buy the 99% fat-free stuff. So this way, basically, we're getting a really high quality protein intake, but we're avoiding the intake of any other of those macros, right? So we're not getting a lot of extra fats with that. We're not getting a lot of extra carbohydrates. And even if you're going to do more dairy and things like that, you could do like a lower fat dairy that's going to help and then that's where I also like to load up on doing fish options are always great. A white fish is going to be very high protein, very low in anything else, almost no carbs or no fats. And then we can get into protein powders as well, where we're doing whey proteins and plant proteins, and those are going to be predominantly all protein as well, right? So we definitely want to make sure that if we're going to fund, like talking about these fundamentals and where to begin before we're even calorie counting, when you sit down for a meal, you're going to want protein to be that number one priority of your meal. Okay. Especially for anybody who's like newer to this, 
and you're trying to build that ideal plate, if you will, how do I structure a plate that's going to be, it's going to help me with my muscle mass. It's going to help me with fat burn. It's going to help me with my energy levels and my health and all these things. We want to make sure protein is one of the main focus points of that plate. Okay. So the easiest way to think about it is I always, my approach has always been like, you want to eat what you need first, right? So if you're one of those people who maybe you recognize that I went down that list of all the different proteins and you realize that maybe you're not really getting a lot of protein, right? Like maybe you don't heavily focus on your chicken, turkey, beef, eggs, fish, whey proteins and plant proteins and things like that, then you're going to want to make that priority number one, because that's going to have really massive impact on a few different things for you. Okay. So Number one being like your ability to maintain and build muscle. Okay. So protein has a really good effect on what's called muscle protein synthesis. And all that is just your body's ability to rebuild and repair itself. Right. So especially if you're active, if you're in the gym a lot, what you're doing is you're tearing your muscles down a little bit. Right. So we want to make sure that our body is always in that rebuild and repair process, that construction process of new muscle. Okay. And what it, what we need to make that happen is high quality proteins. Okay. And we need that at about a, every four hour pace. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to make sure we have these high value, high quality, lean proteins in our diet about every four hours throughout the day. So if you think about it, you're up, I don't know, 16 hours a day, hopefully you can get in about four protein feedings of these high quality proteins. And it's really going to help you Um, with your rebuild and repair process of your muscles and your entire body. Proteins are just a structure. They're like a structure macro. So they'll help you rebuild everything from your DNA out to your hair, skin, and nails, right? That's one thing that we want to make sure we're taking advantage of is our body's ability to build lean muscle because that does help with the fat burn process. And then we've got increased satiety. So this will be the biggest one for most people that are just looking to better manage their food intake is that protein is very satiating, right? So if you've ever sat down to a large portion of protein before, like a gigantic chicken breast or a huge steak or something like that, you notice that it's hard to get through that. It's hard to eat the whole thing and you feel very full as you're doing that, right? Because protein actually really has a great effect on satiety, right? So the more protein you eat, the easier it's going to be to manage your intake because it's just going to help you feel full for longer. You might feel full a little bit faster when you're starting meals with proteins as opposed to starting with carbohydrates and stuff like that. And also having protein in each of your meals is going to help blood sugar management. So obviously, if your blood sugar is better managed, then you have better management of your hunger and satiety levels there as well. So protein is a huge one for increasing satiety. So definitely that's one reason to make sure it's the focal point of your meals. And then another great benefit that you're going to get from increasing your protein intake is going to be a little bit of a metabolism bump, right? So you'll actually burn a few extra calories from eating more protein due to the thermic effect of food. So basically all that is, is that you're going to burn more uh, calories from digesting protein than you will from burning a carbohydrate or a fat. So believe it or not, your body does burn calories in the digestive process of your food, right? So the nice thing about protein is it's got about a 30% thermic effect, whereas carbs and fats are only about 3 and 5%. So they don't really move the needle in terms of enhancing your calorie burn from the food you're eating, right? If you have a very a high carb and a high fat diet and a low protein diet, but where we can make a pretty significant impact, and I've done the math on this a couple of times, is by if you were to, I think I did the math on it was like a 1500 calorie diet. So if you're eating like 1500 calories a day, but you are getting only 20% of your calories of the day from protein, 
if you were to just double that, I mean, it would be a large increase, right? But you would increase your protein up to 40% of those 1500 calories. You would burn like an extra 28,000 calories a year, just in the digestive process of your food, which is going to open up an avenue for you to essentially, you're going to feel fuller, but you're also going to burn a lot more calories naturally throughout the year, which is going to just be more helpful to your process of staying lean and also feeling fed all the time. So that's another great impact that the protein is going to have. And then lastly is a decrease in fat storage is that um, proteins don't digest the same way as carbs or fats do. They're broken down into amino acids and they just float around in your blood. Like I said, they're a structure, more of a structure macro. So the amino acids are going to get sent throughout the body wherever they need to get sent, whether that's to build new DNA, it's to build new hair, strengthen your nails, nicer skin, it's also cellular and tissue. So, you know, your cells will be built by proteins, your tissues, like your tendons and ligaments and ligaments, sorry, and bones and all those things. They're all going to benefit from you having a higher protein intake because there's going to be more amino acids in the pool, so to speak. And the more of those things that are floating around in the pool, the more they can get utilized throughout your body in a positive way. So for any of you that have heard your body can't digest any protein after 30 grams in a serving or something like that, that's false. Muscle protein synthesis won't get triggered more than maybe 30 to 40 grams of a high quality protein every three to four hours. But that doesn't mean that your body's not soaking up those extra amino acids. Those are being used for good somewhere else in the body. So in my opinion, it's always going to be smart to have a nice high protein intake at every meal, right? Every snack, I always like to focus all my meals and snacks on having a high quality protein. So I literally will not eat a meal or a snack that doesn't include, I would say probably a minimum of like 20 grams of protein or probably more for me. Like I, I literally make sure that I have a good high quality lean protein source every meal and every snack, no matter what, or else I probably won't just won't snack or something like that, right? So that's going to be fundamental number one. I think that's a really good place to start. All right, get that protein intake up. That's literally my number one recommendation to anybody who ever starts working with me. Let's figure out where your protein is at and let's increase on that if needed. And for 99% of the people I've coached in my life, which is thousands of people, increased protein intake has been needed. All right. We want to get to about a gram per pound of your body weight or your ideal body weight if you're overweight. If you are overweight and you're on like a reduced calorie diet, um, I would say just aim for 35% of your calorie intake to come from protein. And then that's going to essentially give you the serving sizes you need to be effective in all of the things I just mentioned. All right. <clears throat> So fundamental number two is going to be fruit and veg, all right? We want to focus on high volume, high fiber, high value foods, okay? So again, when we're talking about satiety and hunger management, the fiber in these fruits and veggies is, is going to be the massive impactor in this situation, right? So when we have a high protein and a high fiber diet, now we've really got a satiety-based diet, okay? So the easiest way to drive these fibers up is to just eat a lot of vegetables. And I say a lot of fruits, mostly berries, okay? If you can get more berries in the mix and more vegetables, you're gonna be doing the right thing for your body, right? Because essentially any fruit and any veggie is something that I call a high volume food, meaning it's very low calorie and high nutrient dense. So we get a, we get a massive positive impact because we can essentially sit down and eat as much, especially vegetables. You, I'll just say vegetables and berries. Like, 
you can eat as many veggies and as many berries as you can possibly consume. And you're just, you're never going to reach like a calorie level that's, that's too high to be, that it's going to have a negative impact on you. Right. If we're doing some of these more sugary fruits, like a lot of pineapple and a lot of bananas and things like that, they're still very healthy. Don't get me wrong but they are a little bit higher in calories if you want to say that. So ideally, if we're really trying to keep our calorie intake down while keeping our food intake as high as possible, we're doing a lot of veggies and we're doing a lot of berries and we're doing a lot of lean proteins, right? So that that's the thing is we really want to focus in on these high volume foods and high fiber foods. The other beauty of doing more berries and more vegetables because of the fiber is you're going to get a lot of gut health benefits on that, all right? Because obviously your body's able to utilize the fibers that are in these foods to for some biodiversity in the gut, right? The bacteria in your gut will be able to break down these fibers and feed off of those. And you're gonna be able to improve on gut health in most cases. You wanna be careful. So if you're somebody who's never really focused on fiber very much, um, and all of a sudden you just start consuming a ton of vegetables and a ton of berries and maybe some higher fiber traditional carbohydrates, the fiber levels can get you, right? You might get a little gassy, you might get a little bit bloated and things like that. So you just want to make sure that you're working your way up slow and steady on these things, especially with a lot of the veggies, right? They're a little bit tougher on the digestive system in some cases, but again, they're just, they're so valuable when it comes to the fundamentals. Like basically you can sit down to the biggest bowl of vegetables you could possibly eat and the biggest bowl of protein you could possibly eat. And you could completely stuff yourself. You could eat literal pounds worth of food and you're not going to get a high calorie intake from that. And the satiety level on that is going to be crazy, right? So not only that, the fruits, the vegetables, the colorful foods, these are the ones that are providing a ton of value in terms of nutrients and actual nutrition for your body as well. So one thing that I've always said is that <clears throat> when it comes to having the most energy, the most vitality, and just like a general feeling of overall like wellness, when you just have the feeling when you just when you wake up in the morning, and you just feel really good. If you've never had that feeling, <laughs> start to start eating more fruits and veggies, that's going to help you get that feeling. But it's the nutrition. Okay, so for your cells to produce energy and to be running at what I would call their optimal level, which that is, is debatable for everybody. But for us to run at this optimal level and for our cells to produce the most amount of energy out, because remember, we're not getting anything like your energy levels and everything and your feeling of wellness throughout the day is not an external source, right? It's all coming from within. And there's only a few ways to affect what happens within. And that's sleep, that's water, and that's food, right? And then also some rest and things like that. If you're pretty physically active, activity is a great one as well. But in in terms of like the food, what it's going to do is it's going to provide our cells the energy needed to produce the most amount of energy out, okay? So I always tell people it's okay. It's all good to be hitting your macros or maybe staying under a specific calorie level. But if your food quality is poor, then your energy levels may still suffer and you may not actually produce the most energy out from the food that you're eating. Generally, what people will feel when they start to really increase on the quality of their food, they get a lot more color in their diet through fruits, veggies, berries, is they're just going to have this feeling of just, you just feel better. And I've had so many people come to me and they'll be like, oh, I know it's only been a couple of days since we started, but I... I feel like just so much better. I just wake up easier. I have more energy throughout the day. I just have this 
feeling of like better wellness. What is that? Is that normal? And I always just, that's when I know it's like, yes, that is normal because you've increased your food quality and you've got more nutrients in your body and your body's soaking up those nutrients and it's using them, which is an amazing feeling. So that's fundamental number two. And the, the, where else, where I want to talk about more about these two fundamentals is that to me, these are things that they can travel with you no matter where you go. Right. So in any case, no matter where you are, whether you're at home cooking a meal, whether you're stopping at a restaurant, whether you're running through a, uh, uh, 7-Eleven or something like that, or if you're on vacation or if you're at a party or whatever, these are going to be the two places that we want to focus. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about building an ideal plate. We want to have a plate full of protein and veg. That's what we ideally want to have. Okay. So if we can find, and you, again, you can find this no matter what, obviously at home, you can make this. At restaurants, you can make this happen, all right? They, 99% of restaurants in the world are going to have some form of a salad on the menu, and they're going to have proteins on the menu, okay? So we can make sure that we're ordering large sums of those two things first and prioritizing our meals around that. That doesn't mean that you don't eat other foods. It just means that other foods are more of a side dish, and these are the two primaries that you want to focus on, all right? And even if you find yourself in a 7-Eleven or something like that, you can still grab a bag of beef jerky and some fruit, or you can still grab a protein shake off of, out of the fridge and some fruit or some, a lot of 7-Elevens even now will have veggie, some cut up veggies and stuff like that. Like you can certainly find that, or you could go more for like nuts or something like that, but that's still going to be a high value food. Basically the thing about these first two fundamentals is that they need to run the show full time. All right. So it doesn't really matter where you are. These first two fundamentals need to be the primary focus point of your process if you want to make this easy on yourself, basically, right? If you want to just have an easier time staying lean, staying healthy, feeling good, responding well to your training, not finding yourself with these highs and lows in, in blood sugar, which leads to like crazy, like hunger and cravings and stuff throughout the day and very reactive with your eating and things like that. If you want to do away with all that stuff, you just want to function and feel better, Start with fundamental one and two. Those are going to be the two main things that you're really going to want to focus on, okay? Hopefully, I got across the importance of those two things. I think even if we stopped here and I shut the podcast down for today, that's going to be enough for anybody to start getting healthier, feeling better, getting a better benefit from all the hard work that you're doing in the gym and all those things. You're going to start seeing results if you just focus on those two fundamentals, okay? So number three, like I said, with my P's and Q's, Number three is going to be a kind of a product of number one and two. So number three fundamental for me would be the food and drink quality. Okay. So you follow number one and two, you're going to be in pretty good condition here, right? But we're having protein and fruit and veggie focused meals. That doesn't mean that you never consume any other food for the rest of your life. And I'd be insane to tell anybody just to eat protein and vegetables for the rest of your life. It's just never going to happen, right? So there are going to be other things accompanying these meals. I'm hoping that they're more of a side dish in the meal as opposed to the focus point. I want one and two to be the focus point. So this is where the quality is coming in is more for these supplementary pieces of the meal, like your carbohydrate intake, your fats, maybe you're going for a snack or something like that, or even if you're doing dessert or whatever, right? We want to make sure that the food and especially the drink quality, I think there's literally no easier way to like self-sabotage a diet than to just be drinking sugary 
fatty calorie high beverages right in my opinion those are like your classic like fancy drinks from starbucks these like high calorie coffees they're a brand of coffee they're not necessarily a coffee but they're mostly like whipped cream and sugar and stuff like that and then there might be a little bit of caffeine associated with them if you're doing excessive amounts of sports drinks that are high in sugar obviously sodas and juices and things like this that just contain a ton of sugar and there's no fiber there's no nutritional value to really any of these drinks, even full sugar energy drinks and things like that. So essentially like one of my rules around around drinks is that I just, I'm always doing zero calorie drinks, right? If I'm having a coffee, I'm having it black with, a, with an artificial sweetener. If I'm having a sports drink, I'm going to get the zero version, right? So I will, I'll be getting the, the electrolytes from that drink, but I won't be getting the sugars. All right, if I'm going to soda, I'm doing a zero calorie soda. Okay, so I'm always trying to avoid calorie intake whenever possible from liquids because there's no impact on satiety when we're talking about these things. And there's just no nutrition. So you're just drinking calories and it's not contributing anything to your day besides extra calories. Okay. So I might do the odd sports drink or something like that if I like need energy because sugar is great for energy. So if I'm about to go into a workout and I feel low energy, I will do some orange juice or apple juice or Gatorade or something. Right. But that's the only time I'll be doing those things is when I have a specific need for fast energy. Okay. Beyond that, I'm doing zero calorie drinks. And then obviously we want to focus on water more than all these other drinks. Even if you're getting a hankering for a Coke or something like that, just go get a Coke Zero. Save yourself the sugar, save yourself the calories. At the end of the day, it's going to provide you that something sweet that you wanted anyway, and you can move on. No harm done. And then obviously with food quality, we want to make sure that everything that's accompanying those proteins and plants, we want to try to make that as high quality as possible. So obviously when it comes to our carbohydrate, we want to do basically whole foods, right? Essentially my whole game plan here is that I try to consume whole foods the most that I can. So that will be rices, quinoa, lentils, beans, potatoes, things like that. When it comes to fats, I love to do maybe some olive oil or avocado oil, um, whole avocados, whole nuts and seeds, things like that. These are going to be the easiest way to make sure that we're eating in a way that's going to serve our bodies and our needs nutritionally, right? So that's where the food quality piece of things comes in. Like I said, you're focusing the majority of your intake on number one and two. The food quality is going to be a lot easier to handle, right? When you have a diet that is high in a lot of processed foods and it's a lot of snack foods or you're running out to fast food and things like that, it's going to be very difficult to, number one, focus on your protein and your plant intake. And number two, your food quality is really going to suffer. So those are the first three fundamentals that obviously you're going to want to focus on in terms of easy ways where you're not going to have to weigh, measure, log food, and you can still see a really nice impact on your body and really start building toward those goals. And for most people, obviously, the goals are to lose some weight, look and feel better, have more self-confidence, all these things, and also have a ton of energy. I think the biggest thing a lot of people tell me about is just lacking energy and stuff and lacking the ability to feel like they they have the vitality to get out and actually do the stuff that's going to improve their life, which is get more active, just be more willing to get out there and do different things. And obviously, the more active we are and the higher quality of the food we're putting in our body, got to anticipate some positive changes in the body composition aspect as well, which is going to be huge. Okay. So the fourth fundamental 
is food quantities, right? So again, following this P's and Q's, right? So we've got our protein, we've got our plants, we've got our quality, and now we've got to talk about quantity. And the interesting thing about quantity is that the amount we are going to be able to eat is really going to be determined by these first three, right? So again, all roads lead back to the number one most important fundamental, right? The more of these lean proteins that we're able to consume, the more fruits and veggies we're going to be able to consume, the more of these high volume, high fiber, high value, high protein type foods we're going to consume, then the more we can consume in terms of quantity, okay? Because if I'm eating lean proteins at four calories per gram, and I'm eating all these high volume fruits and vegetables, which you can eat literal pounds of this stuff, and it may only equate to a few hundred calories. Now your food quantity just shot way up. The amount of calories that you are going to consume in an eight ounce serving of a lean fat-free chicken breast and say, I don't know, 12 to 16 ounces of roasted vegetables is going to be pretty comparable to having a small stack of Pringles or something like that, right? So you want to think about it in terms of the higher value, also the higher the quantity can be. Now, the lower the value, the lower the quantity is going to be as well, okay? So that's an, also just a nice way to help with moderation. So if you're looking at a plate full of lower quality foods, meaning maybe some of it's fried, it's more just like carb dense, and maybe it's fatty. And even if we're talking about like meats, right, like we're doing like fatty meats, like sausages or bacon or something like that, then we know that the calorie level is going to drive sky high if the quantity is huge on that, right? So that's where we're going to want to find a lower quantity of those lower quality foods. And to me, all I'm saying by lower quality, it doesn't necessarily mean like nutritionally, they're that poor. Because things like bacon and stuff are actually fairly nutrient dense, but in terms of nutrients versus calories, they're poor in that department, right? So again, the more of these lean proteins we're going to have on our plate, the more fruits, the more veggies, and we can even get into nice, easy carbohydrates, like those good complex carbohydrates, sweet potato, those quinoa, rice, potato, things like that. Even that stuff is pretty low calorie at only four calories per gram. So if we're doing a lot more of a whole food based diet, you're going to be able to eat larger quantities of food. If we're doing a lot more processed foods or fried foods, things like that, now the quantities are just going to have to be very small if we want to still make a positive impact on our body and obviously be able to get the results we're looking for without having to really count calories. So how that could look in a meal is that maybe you do start always with the big protein in the veg, right? So You've got six ounces of a lean protein. You've got 12 ounces of a variety of different colorful vegetables and maybe throw some berries or some fruits or something in there. Now, if you want to have the French fries or you want to have the bacon or you want to have the sausage, if you want to have that stuff, then you can still have it, but it's going to have to be in a much smaller quantity if we're going to manage calories naturally, right? Because calories obviously are going to become a player in this situation. But again, the more of these high quality, high value, high protein, high fiber, whole foods that we're consuming, we're naturally going to keep the calorie level a lot lower. When we're going outside of that box into the process, the fatty, the fried, stuff like that. Now, naturally, we need to reduce our portion sizes of that or our quantities of that if we want to make sure that we're going to keep calorie intake in check. So those are four big ones and they all rely on each other so again just to review number one in terms of fundamental five would be your protein intake for most people you would 
benefit definitely from eating more. Okay. You're definitely going to benefit from having a higher protein intake. It's going to improve your satiety. It's going to improve the results you get from working out. It's going to improve your calorie burn naturally. All right. Everybody's looking for a way to rev up their metabolism a little bit. That's how you do it. Okay. You eat more protein and then everybody's looking for decreased fat storage. Okay. And the way proteins digest is they will not readily stored as fat tissue, right? They will float around the body and the blood and they will get utilized throughout your entire body, wherever they need to get used. All right. That second fundamental is high volume, high fiber, high value foods, like your fruit, your veg. Those are the main ones, right? Berries are a huge one in that situation. So as long as we have those two figured out, then we're going to naturally be taking care of the quality, right? The quality, if those are the primary focus of our diet, then we don't have to worry about quality. We've already got that understood or we've already got that handled. And then when it comes to quantities, the more of that stuff from number one, two, and three that we're consuming, the more we can consume in terms of quality. If we're doing lower quality foods, then the quantities need to drop. Okay. Very simple on that. It's an easy way to moderate and an easy way to navigate that situation of, oh, am I overeating? Well, how, where's your food quality? Is your food quality good? Then you probably don't have to worry about overeating. Is your food quality, could it be improved? Then, you know, maybe you do have to worry about overeating, right? And that's an easy way to go through it without having to count calories. Okay. And then the fifth one, and I'm just going to cover this one quick because it's, it's probably not the hugest issue for a lot of people is hydration, right? So we have to understand the importance of hydration in your body, especially for anyone who's physically active, right? Like even just being dehydrated, just a couple of percentage points, literally 3% dehydration is going to have a massive impact on the effectiveness of your workout. So your capacity to exercise in a more intense level is actually going to decrease as you become more dehydrated. So that's a simple one, right? If you're just one of those people who doesn't drink a lot of water and you're just consistently dehydrated, you're literally just living a lower quality life <laughs> without even knowing it, right? And it could be literally so simple as just carrying a water bottle around with you and making sure you're drinking water consistently, right? I'm not really the guy who thinks like every person needs to be like carrying around one of those mega sized water jugs and drinking 140 ounces a day of water, or you got to be consuming half your body weight, or you're not doing it right. When it comes to hydration, we're all going to be a little bit different. All right. We're all going to hold sodium at a different rate. We're all going to sweat more. We're all going to basically like everybody's going to have a little bit different need in terms of water. So basically what I always recommend is just make sure you're drinking water consistently through the day. You're not neglecting it all day. And when you pee, you're peeing on a regular occurrence. So maybe every three to four hours, you're going to take a bathroom stop and your pee is going to be pretty much clear. All right. If you haven't peed in eight hours and you try to go to the bathroom and your pee is coming out like a dark yellow brownish color, you're in trouble. Okay. That means you are severely dehydrated. Okay. So we want to make sure we're avoiding that because like I said, it, you, you know, Anywhere from what, 50 to 65% of your body is going to be made up of water. Your cells heavily rely on water. Your muscles heavily rely on water. Your brain, water is the majority of what our body is made up of, right? So when it's lacking that, it's going to suffer in some way, okay? Especially in terms of like muscular function, brain function, things like that. We want to make sure we're staying hydrated. So does that mean you got to be in water to the point of discomfort and like you're going to pee your pants every 10 minutes? No, we don't want to overhydrate either, but we do want to take some steps to make sure that we're properly hydrated. So easiest way 
I always recommend to go about it is first thing in the morning when you wake up, make sure you're consuming about 12 ounces of water. It doesn't have to be anything super drastic. If you can do more, then do more. But make sure you get a good 12 ounces of water in first thing in the morning. Kind of start your day off that way before you have your coffee or whatever. And then carry a bottle with you or commit to being able to just consistently consume water throughout the day. All right. You want to make sure you have the ability for, I know a lot of you guys are busy, you're working at desks or whatever, and maybe you can't get up frequently or whatever. So just make sure you have that water bottle with you. Just the act of having it there beside you is going to help you drink more water. Another place you can get a lot of water is while you're working out. Okay. So obviously you're going to be sweating. I'm hoping <laughs> when you're in the gym, but make sure you've got that water bottle with you. Carry a good 32 ounce bottle and put down one or two of those 32 ounce bottles throughout your workout. And right there, you're going to be taking care of your hydration in a huge way, because not only are you going to be rehydrating, but that's also at a point where you would be dehydrating, right? If you're sweating a lot, you're going to be naturally dehydrating yourself. Okay. So we want to make sure we're consuming water throughout that process where you could be becoming dehydrated and you're making sure you stay properly hydrated throughout your workout. Like I said, there's no better way to ruin a workout than to go in dehydrated or to become dehydrated during that workout. So make sure you stay heavy on your water throughout your workout time. All right. And then another one is make sure you get a good 12 to 16 ounces of water in before your dinner. Okay. So a lot of people don't like to consume a lot of water at night because you don't want to be up going to the bathroom. So I would say before you sit down to eat dinner, just commit to drinking 12 to 16 ounces of water. Again, plan it ahead so you don't have to slug it and feel gross while you're trying to eat your meal. You don't have to necessarily be pounding 16 ounces of water right before dinner. But what you could do is for 15 minutes before dinner, you could sip on 16 ounces of water and you could get a good amount of hydration in there. Again, depending on your bladder and the size of that and how you hold water and how you manage that. If you want to have another beverage post-dinner, maybe an herbal tea, or I like to drink some magnesium mixed into about 16 ounces of water. It's got a nice flavor and it helps me wind down at the end of the night. As long as it's not affecting your sleep because you're getting up frequently to pee, then that's another option, right? So if you're thinking, if you're doing 12 to 16 ounces in the morning, you're doing 12 to 16 ounces before dinner, that we'll just call that say 30 ounces. Then you're doing about 50 ounces in the gym. We're already at 80. And then we're consistently sipping throughout the day. It's probably going to be pretty easy to get to about hundred ounces. And for most of you guys, I'm assuming that's probably going to be more than enough or at least half your body weight in ounces, right? Like those are just some simple ways where we can make sure that we're taking care of ourselves properly, making sure that our body's functioning properly. Like I said, with hydration, it comes down to, what is it, 55 to 65% of the body is going to be water. So we want to make sure we're giving it what it needs and what it's made of, okay? So those are my five fundamentals, okay? I truly believe that if you, if anybody could do these five things consistently, they would see a result, Okay. If you could consistently consume adequate protein, you had a massive whole food focus on your foods, your food quality and drink quality was high, all right? I'm throwing alcohol in that mix too. That's a shit beverage quality, all right? Alcohol is the worst one. I'd probably recommend a friggin' Coke before I recommended a alcohol at this point. It just has so many negative effects that aren't have nothing to do with calories. They have everything to do with how your body functions. So I'm not going to get into that rant right now because I'm trying to wrap this up. But again, drink quality. That's another thing to be aware of. Food quality should be taken care of if we're doing one and two properly. The more we're doing one and two, the more quantity we can eat, right? So again, the higher the quality of our intake, 
the higher the quantity is going to be able to be, which is going to be huge because for anybody who's ever tried to eat healthier, be mindful of their portion sizes, things like that, it'd be really nice if you could just eat all the food you wanted, right? But it's got to be some foods that kind of fit that, that, that high protein, high volume, high fiber, high value that I've been talking about. So those are the huge ones. And then hydration, just don't set yourself back before you even get started, right? So just make sure you're properly hydrated. Also, I didn't mention the electrolytes, right? Proper hydration doesn't just mean water. It means we want to have electrolyte balance. So you're definitely going to want to be able to do some electrolyte packets like the halo packets I really enjoy. Also, like I'll just do like a Gatorade Zero or whatever. But even these electrolyte packets, they're not great in terms of the percentages of electrolytes that they provide. So I do like to make sure people are putting a little bit of salt on their food throughout the day. And like I said, I like to drink some magnesium at night. Magnesium is a big one that people sweat out a lot. We can get a lot of different like potassium and things like that from our high quality foods that we're eating. So again, we want to make sure we're focusing not only on just slugging a pile of water, but we want to make sure that we have proper electrolyte intake so that we actually have balance between our like balance of fluids in our cells, right? So that cellular fluid balance is what's going to help our body run at its optimal level and not set us back from right off the beginning. Okay. So that's basically what I've got for you guys today. It's those five fundamentals, the five things to do before you even bother counting calories. All right. If you enjoyed this one, please give me a comment, make sure you recommend me or even throw a picture up of the podcast title up on your Instagram or your social media and share it with a friend. Guys, the more we can spread the word on this, this podcast is really starting to grow quick and it's actually got me pretty excited. There's been a lot of listeners, a lot of people downloading all the episodes. So I do have to say thank you for that. I truly appreciate your guys' support always. I always joke with everybody that I don't mind doing the work, but I don't like just talking to myself. So I do appreciate that when I go through the effort of putting these podcasts and getting these awesome guests on here to talk, I do appreciate you guys downloading the episodes and listening. It really makes me feel good personally, feeds my ego, if you will. But guys, I appreciate, as always, you listening. Try these five things. Let me know. Like I said, shoot me a message through social social media, shoot me an email or leave a comment on the podcast episode and let me know what you think about this stuff. I will see you next week for episode 10. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. The information shared on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Additionally, the opinions and strategies discussed on this podcast are those of the guests and host, and do not necessarily represent the views or endorsement of the podcast or its creators. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.